frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. I'm hungry. And you won't like me when I'm hungry. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. It was the role I was born to play saying those words. That's true. Or dying to play. Dying. Living dead. Uh, hi. <laughs> Welcome to Film Church Radio, the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday. I'm Brandon. And I'm Lewis. And we are here to talk about movies. Each week, Lewis and I alternate picking a film for both of us to watch and discuss. Today, I don't know who decided to pick this movie. I think we mutually maybe decided. <laughs> I think that shifted quite a lot of blame onto me. <laughs> I feel, feel like this was a Brandon decision. <laughs> uh, I, I felt like we could maybe make a good episode out of this. But we're talking about yeah. the one, the only... Morbius, directed it's, by Daniel Espinosa, starring Jared Leto, uh, just came out this past weekend. And, um, you know, we, like, Lewis and I are big Spider-Man fans. Yeah. I think everyone knows that at this point, maybe. And if you don't, well, now you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually at Film Church Radio, you know, we're, we're talking about film history. We're, we're discussing older films. We're discussing... Things that help us expand our cinema knowledge and <laughs> film history knowledge. And every once in a while, you know, we'll do a, a modern masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, and if we do a modern masterpiece, it's highly likely it might be connected to Spider-Man or Star Wars. One of the two main universes. <laughs> <laughs> the most important ones. Yes. I mean, you know... We're Batman fans, but I wouldn't say we're yeah. diehard Batman fans. No, but as no. far as Spider-Man goes, it's like, I think if you and I had to pick one superhero to take on an island with us, <laughs> that's a weird way to put yeah. it. <laughs> we would both pick Spider-Man. True. But uh, this is a very loosely adjacent Spider-Man film. Yeah. Agree. I mean, if you are a little bit confused as to where Morbius and this supposed vampire movie fits into the Spider Verse, um, we'll do our best to try and explain it. Yeah. During the episode, because it's not. I mean, it's not the most. Unless you kind of follow film pretty closely, it's quite easy to get all this kind of muddled up now. Yeah. There's so much going yeah. on. There's a lot going on. So, um. I think right off the bat, you and I would both say we do not recommend this film. No. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are a Spider-Man fan and you want to know what the heck is going on, you can listen to this episode we're about to tell you. Yes. So. Yeah, I feel like... <laughs> you to, don't need to see this film. No. <laughs> to liken it to Marvel, it is the incredible Hulk of the Sony Spider-Man universe. It's there... If you're going to be a completist and watch them all, it's there to be watched. But I don't think it's going to have much impact on the way that they carry this on. 
Yeah, and you don't need to see it to understand no. what's going on no. in the next, no, whatever they don't. do next, Mm-mm. you know. So, that said, we would like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, you can follow us on all the social media platforms at Film Church Radio. Thank you and good night. That's <laughs> 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 just kidding. It almost sounded like I was ending the show, but no, <laughs> this is just beginning, folks. Um, yeah, we just want to thank everybody who's been listening. Uh and usually, basically every week we do our little quick reviews. We talk about what we've been watching for the week. So yeah. we're going to do that for a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, Lewis, what have you been watching? Wow. What's been going on? I feel like we haven't recorded an episode in a while. No, we did the... I was going to get onto it, but we did the Oscar predictions. Yeah. Um, and if you want to see us react live to the ceremony and pretty much everything that happened during that ceremony. Um, there is a video on our Facebook and our YouTube um, that is basically just what we shot throughout the night when we watched it, our reactions to stuff. Um, so yeah, we watched that um, and that video slaps. It's so good. Sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what? Yeah. So I didn't put too much effort into it, but it, I mean, it's really good. I like it. <laughs> It is fun to watch our yeah our reactions live to that Oscar ceremony, which was pretty interesting to say yeah. the least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's on on YouTube at Film Church Radio. You can find it. Um, and uh, yeah, so we watched the Oscars together this last Sunday, and we it's been a weird week yeah. since then. It's 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 felt like ever since that moment happened. Not to talk about it too much because I'm I'm. I'm a little over how Same. much people are talking about yeah. what happened during the Oscars, but uh, it it definitely put like this I don't know bad taste, bad mood, bad yeah. vibe into the whole week this week because I don't know it just kind of yeah. felt like the the thing that we love got slapped in the face. Not necessarily Chris Rock, but, but yes, yeah. he did too. But you know, just cinema in general was like, is this dead? I mean, the, the, the trouble with it is it's been a double-edged sword. For one, we said that night that, I mean, it's undeniable that Will Smith has had a great career. Um, and the fact that he did what he did is now going to be the thing that people remember the most. Yeah, exactly. Which is really, really upsetting. Yeah. And the other part is it's got people talking about the Oscars, but not necessarily about the slap. Like, have you seen the Trevor Noah video? No. Where... So basically, I think it was like last night or the night before, and he was talking about the Oscars, and he's like, they always pick films I've never seen. I'm always like, I'm going to watch that, and then never watch it. And it's like, it's not elitist. Like, these are not hard-to-come-by films. Yeah. You know, for the most part, I mean, the, I mean, every year there's films that I don't watch. I yeah. think it's the same for everybody. I think only the, like, the Voting Academy watch all the films that yeah, are nominated. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the point, I mean it's the total opposite to I feel like most film fans that are like, no, the Oscars are too open. Like the films that we should be celebrating are not the films that they pick. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's not the films that everybody's seen a million times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just, unfortunately just open up this discourse about, you know, the Oscars are celebrating the wrong films. There's, yeah, because there's people that are like, all oh, the Marvel films should be nominated. And then there's people like you and I that are like, no, the films that you haven't yeah. seen at all, that haven't been on your radar, that you don't even know exist, are the ones that need to be nominated. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because in the end, it's not 
like it's not an audience award. It's not like yeah, it's not most popular film. Yeah, exactly, it's not a movie it's, that made the most money. It's achievement in filmmaking. Yes, exactly. And yeah. you know, and as much as we love superhero films and Marvel films and stuff like that, they're very formulaic. They follow the same pattern. They build to something like um, every superhero film is pretty similar. Yeah, you know, um, it's yeah, it's a different thing i think there's film and there's cinema yeah exactly and we've got to keep the two not apart because there is room for them to but it's like which one are you gonna say yeah exactly yeah 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 Um, or there's movies and there's cinema yeah exactly yeah i think it's a it's a real shame and and with the viewing figures that they got i mean unfortunately i think the oscars are just going to start going down this this path of just like crazy bits yeah and like dumb jokes and like yeah audience pleasing nothing was nothing yeah. was funny i know um but i mean a few highlights the yeah Godfather. i mean there there were some yeah. that's the thing is like all the really good things to celebrate about the show no one's talking about yeah i mean someone said that this entire production was put on by a black crew yeah like amazing. no one's talking about that mm-hmm. um you know the first openly gay or yeah. queer you know, uh, actress to win best supporting actress. Yeah. Um, the only, the female director that is the only person, like the only female director that's won it twice. Yeah. Like momentous again, you know? Um, yeah. There's plenty of things to celebrate, yeah. but nobody was talking about yeah. them. And then everything was also downplayed by insults, you know, besides yeah. the, besides whatever you want to call what Chris Rock said, if you want to say it was an insult or not, you know, you can say whatever you want, but a lot of the jokes were, you know, yeah. insults, which is, I mean, from what I've heard is what people go to watch the Oscars for, to hear people get roasted. That's like not what I had to go no. there for. I'm like, it's, why is it's that? It's an achievement of the filmmaking over the year. Yeah. It's not, hey, nobody saw your film. I'm sick of that joke. I'm yeah, sick of exactly. that. Like, nobody, yeah. like, that's it's like not funny. Yeah, that could have, you know, that's the potential of ending someone's career. I mean, I know yeah. that the joke they made was at Ridley Scott, who has got a very distinguished career. Um, and I know that his, I mean, The Last Duel is not by any means a terrible film. It still did yeah. okay. And like, there's still people that really enjoyed it. Um, but just to like insult just a cheap film, yeah. like insult film and then in the, in the same sentence be like, oh, and now we're celebrating it. Yeah. It, it just didn't no work, you know, yeah. but uh, I guess they're going to probably lean more into that and whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I know. It, um, it, it just makes me feel... I don't know, icky yeah. about film in general, like this thing that I love. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Exactly. Yeah. It's a real shame. Yeah. It's a real shame. Um, so, yeah, other than the Oscars, though, I've had a pretty, I mean, varied week in terms of watches. So we, we're going to get onto it in a minute, I'm sure, but we went to see all three Evil Deads in the cinema. That's right. Alamo um, Draft House. Yeah, they showed them. Um, weekly for the last three weeks so we hit all those up which were great and i just kind of i revisited a few after the nastiness of the oscars i felt like i needed like a film hug you know just to be kind of in a film that i knew and really loved so i watched some old billy wilder films i watched some like it hot for like the millionth time nice. in the apartment yeah matt th- those scripts are tight yeah. Like, we're going to talk about script writing a little bit today, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but, like, it They're is... like, what, 80 pages, 90 pages? It's just, like, joke, joke, joke. Yeah. Like, everything is just, like... 
every word of dialogue is so good. You know, yeah. and you could pull any quote and be like, this is incredible, you know. Yeah. Um, for both films, they just work so well. Um, yeah, forgot how much I love Billy Wilder. So sweet. That was the the highlight. Yeah, of this week, apart from Evil Dead. Nice. What about you? Um, apart from the Evil Dead, uh, we watched The Cat Returns, which I don't know if you've ever seen. It's a um, Studio Ghibli film. Nice. Okay. Cool. Uh, and it's like rated G. It's like yeah. you know something your kid could watch. Um, but it, uh, I saw it once about 10 years ago. I think it was called the Denver Film Society. Me and my friend Ben went and saw it. And, uh, of course, it's not showing me the the English actors, uh, English-speaking actors on Letterboxd. But I think it's Anne Hathaway plays the main mm-hmm. person. And um, Is that the one with John the, Krasinski? Or is that a different No, one? it's uh it's got um oh my gosh, I can't think of their names, but uh Rocky Horror Picture Show. Tim Curry. Yeah, he's in it. Cool. And <laughs> I'm only thinking of their movies, but the Princess Bride guy. Uh oh god. I'm not very good on the Princess Bride. Uh um, I just said Anne Hathaway. But that's not the Oh no, I'm thinking of Princess Diaries. Oh yeah, no, Anne Hathaway is in it, but uh, um, Carrie Elwes, this guy. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, he's in it. Uh, anyway, it's a really fun movie. Like, um, and I like a lot of the Studio Ghibli films. I want to watch more of them. They're all on HBO Max now. Yeah, I haven't watched one at all. Yeah, you should. You should. Uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, I mean, this might be a good one you could watch with your kid if you want to like. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably what I'm going to start doing. I think. Yeah, um, uh, I know some of them are more adult, you know, a little, yeah. a little more darker, and even this for a G-rated movie, I mean, it's not dark by any means, but it's like, yeah, I don't. It's it's not like American G, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. But yeah, it's good, and and uh, I guess it's the twenty year anniversary, and I saw oh, it ten sweet. years ago on the ten year anniversary, so it's kind of cool. random. Yeah. Um, and then I saw Apocalypse Now. You sure did. In the cinema at yeah. the Texas Theater, which is a historic theater in um, Oak Cliff, which is in the Dallas area, the the theater where they caught Lee Harvey Oswald. He was the theater he was sitting in. Um, and they show a lot of old films and stuff, and they've been doing a Francis Ford Coppola series. So I got to see Apocalypse Now, the new 4K restoration final cut that Coppola did a couple of years ago. And man, it is an intense movie. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it a few times, but this is the first time I've seen it on the screen, like on the big screen. And uh, it hits totally different. Like, it's a movie that I've always enjoyed, but watching it in a theater where it's just, it, it really puts you in it in a different way. Yeah. And it's the kind of film that is, it's so intense that, like, to be put in it in that way, it's just so much more heightened. Yeah. <clears throat> and And walking away from it, I mean, like, as soon as it was over, you know, at first it's a little disorienting. I was almost, like, unsure of 
if it was the, you know, because I've always like thought that I love the movie and coming out of it and being that almost disoriented yeah, made me feel like, is this a movie that I like? And then it wasn't until the next day that I was like, oh, like the movie, the movie, it, it, it's kind of an exploration in insanity. Yeah. And so to watch it and be put into it, it, it kind of leads you down this journey of going insane yeah. <laughs> so when you get out of it you're like i'm insane not not literally but you know you're like do i love this movie <laughs> yeah um but it was it was really good yeah that's it was, awesome it was amazing um and i watched the souvenir again that's amazing i mean with, I'm, uh, I'm so glad yeah with my girlfriend and and she liked it a lot yeah um and at the end of it, I was like, "There's a part two. And she was like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I know. It's very, <laughs> it's very surprising. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, the one of the critics I listened to like does a podcast, and uh, he was talking about a British film that's just come out called I think it's called Blonde, but it's got Tom Burke in it. And as soon as he said Tom Burke, I was like, "I'll track it down." Like, he, yeah, they really made an impression on me. Both, you know, the film I think is just so good that I'm like, okay, I'm in with these. Both actors yeah, yeah. yeah like anything they're in um I'll, I'll you know watch it hopefully yeah they're both so good him and honor swint and brian or burn burn yeah. yeah um yeah they're both amazing awesome. and and the way that the film was made for those listening we did we watched the souvenir and the souvenir part two for the podcast so those are both films that lewis and i loved a lot and you can get in Go find the films and then uh, listen to our episode about them. But the the thing that's blowing my mind, like learning more about the process of the way they made it, is just how they basically it was all improvised. Crazy. And it's just, it's so insane to me that it came out so good. Yeah. That that much of it could be improvi- improvised and it still come out like one of the I, yeah. best films I've ever seen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. And have such meaning and everything. So, yeah. And and other than that, it was like we went and saw the three Evil Dead movies the last three three weeks. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness yeah. in the cinema. Which yeah. I've seen all of them before, but um, never in the cinema. Yeah. And it was, a, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It got more and more fun as it goes. Yeah. If you've ever seen the movies, you know what we're talking about the movies get more campy and more the leaning into like the comedy rather mm-hmm. than the horror um the first one i feel like is a true horror yeah and then the second one is like kind of in between horror comedy and then the third one is just like pretty yeah. much straight comedy yeah um <clears throat> but it was a lot of fun it was a really good experience i feel like the it, it's weird because i i would I usually would say that a movie is always going to be better in the cinema. Yeah. But I feel like the first one and the second one maybe are better at home and the third one is better in the cinema. I think the third one definitely, like something was added to it. I can remember the first time I watched the trilogy, I was like, the third one, it felt very... It's just so different. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't know, you know, because the first one... Like you said, it's very hard. The second one is also like a prequel, sequel, remake. Yeah. Like all rolled into one. So that kind of threw me. And then the third one is very like, yeah, it's just totally different. 
Um, but I think the good thing about it is I've never, like, I know there's people that like love the evil dead and I do enjoy the evil dead and I've enjoyed the films before and I've watched them, you know, a few times, but I've never been like a fanatic about them. Yeah. But seeing them in a cinema with people, it was like somebody that loved that film was like putting their arm around me and being like, we're going to enjoy this film together. It was almost like watching a Marvel movie on opening night. Yeah. It was like people were cheering and yeah. clapping and like, it was a fun experience because everybody that was there it was pretty packed too yeah exactly and everybody was there yeah. loved what like yeah. they and there was like people either side of us that also went to all three yeah like i think it and it was it was great to just to be, to have a film that you like but not like love to be in that environment with people that are like you know they love this stuff they're diehard love, fans yeah they love bruce campbell they love sam raimi that like yeah. they love these films it was like I mean, this is the cinema going experience, but it was just, you know, that heightened the experience for me. All yeah. three hours, like, I came out and I was like, that was the best hour and a half I could have spent. Yeah. Because people, like, it's just being in that environment and, like, laughing along with people. And yeah. Yeah. And it was so good. For those listening, the Evil Dead movies were directed by Sam Raimi, who yeah. went on to do the Spider Man trilogy starring Tobey Maguire yeah. in the. 2000s and and, um, and he's he's about to do the new Doctor Strange movie mm -hmm. or the I mean he already did it it's about to release yeah. the Multiverse of Madness but still connected to Spider-Man yeah and um, yeah the history and, and the, the filmmaking behind especially the first one is always incredible to me what they were able to do with so little yeah um, it's a really good for any independent filmmaker out there or up and coming film student that's trying to learn how to be a filmmaker it's a really good film to watch and but you know the behind the scenes to learn like what they went through yeah. and how to get that made and how they got it on the map and sold and all yeah. that stuff um yeah really yeah good stuff it's good and you can he's very you know summary me i think and not that i underestimate him because i don't at all, I really enjoy the films he's done. But going back and watching Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Evil Dead Three, like he's very innovative and yeah. just unlike anybody else. Yeah, which I think I take for granted quite regularly. Yeah, he, I mean, he basically he 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 pushed the genre and he pushed yeah. you know what film was in a lot of ways. Like he influenced. Yeah. Like he he had such a big impact, you know, which is kind of crazy for a young filmmaker to do such a cheap film and uh and then it have such an impact on the rest of film, you know, because yeah. people yeah. after they saw that have tried to do their own Evil Dead and you know their own experimental thing and their own horror comedy yeah. in their own way, and I feel like nobody's ever hit it the way he did. No, no, and it's. You know, it just on paper it doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, but it, when you watch it, it just it's like seamless. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's masterful how yeah. it's done. It's so good. I Check think, it out. Yeah, I think we've put off Morbius. talking about it <laughs> for long enough. So, ladies and gentlemen, the film that you've all been waiting for—that's right—for the last two years. Morbius. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the first trailer for this movie came out two years ago. Apparently, there's been like seven delays. 
Wow. Uh, and I forgot even that the, the trailer for this came out two years ago. I feel like even the trailer when it was released had no fanfare. Like, I yeah. remember being like, oh, there's a trailer out. And it had been out for weeks at that point. Yeah. Like, there was no, I don't no feel hype. like there was any, like, yeah, anything on social media, you know, anything like that. Spoilers um, ahead, ladies and gentlemen. We're just going to dive right into this. Yeah. But I feel like the like when you when we talk about trailers and the way that this film was marketed for one thing apparently like a week ago or a few days ago the director just spoiled the whole thing oh okay in an interview like the ending and the the right. post credits and all that but the the way that they marketed this film was is almost like the opposite of the way that the MCU does it the way that Marvel mm-hmm. Entertainment does it where Marvel Entertainment, owned by Disney now, but still headed by Kevin Feige. You know, mm-hmm. he he's the guy that connects all the MCU movies and kind of keeps that train running and, and and has the grand plan. Yeah, has the has the grand plan. Um, when you when you see a Marvel like an MCU trailer, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you like the trailer is really good. Yeah, it's always really good, and it gets you hyped for the movie. And they they sometimes tease a little bit of what's going to be in it, but then when you see the movie, they over deliver. Yeah, it's like all when you kind of after you go back and watch that trailer again, it's all pulled from similar scenes. So yeah. there's so many times that we've sat down to watch a Marvel movie for the first time, and I've been like, we've got like 20 minutes in, and I'm like, everything that was in the trailer has already happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, then and then there's there ends up being cameos. There ends yeah. up being things like if you, like for example, the last uh, Spider-Man movie. Um, you know that we we kind of knew maybe Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were going to be in it, but we didn't find out until we saw the movie. Yeah, and that could have been a huge draw, you know. Yeah, but it could have been like we're just going to put it in the trailer, you know. But they didn't yeah. put it in the trailer, and it. And made a bunch of money, and it and made it exceed people's expectations, right? Yeah. Whereas this movie, the trailer uh, showed a poster of Spider Man in the background in one of the scenes that said "murderer" across it. Yeah, showed Oscorp in the background that we never see. Showed Oscorp. Yeah. Showed um, Michael Keaton, who plays the Vulture in the MCU. Um, Having as that a, character, ha, yeah, as that character having a scene with Jared Leto, um, so they they put these things in the trailer that kind of set your expectations of oh, what's going on here? How is this connected to the MCU? Mm. You know, is this the same universe? And then in the movie, none of the stuff that was in the trailer was in the movie. No, none, none of, of that stuff. No. None of the stuff that was like the hook. Yeah. Because the only reason people would want to see this movie is because it's connected to Spider-Man. That's the only reason you and I wanted to see the movie. It's the yeah. only reason we're talking about this movie now on our podcast. Yeah. And the fact that they kind of do the opposite of what the the MCU does, mm-hmm. where they set your expectation and then under-deliver, is just like, what? like they just tricked you into getting your money, right? Yeah. I don't know how long that's going to last for Sony. I don't know how long it can last because it's like, you know, people are going to get it at some point yeah. and not show up for these movies. Yeah. I mean, so for like, you know, it's working for them so far because, you know, they're they're making money on these movies. But um, basically to try to break it down for people here, 
the <laughs> it, it does get really confusing and compli- complicated. Sony Entertainment owns the rights to making Spider-Man movies, right? And they yeah, they own the rights to the characters well, associated they, with Spider-Man. Yes. Or, well, well to, to to make them into to like, put them on the screen. To put them on the screen, right? Yeah. But you know, Marvel, the comic book company, still owns the characters, the characters yeah. right? So there's been this whole thing back and forth with Sony partnering with Disney uh, and Marvel to be able to put the character of Spider-Man in yeah. the other Marvel movies. Um, so they've negotiated all that. But then Sony, outside of those you know contracts and negotiations, started making their own spinoff movies. That well, aren't related yeah. to the MCU. So it they just made, started with Venom. It started and then with they Venom. They did the second Venom, and I, you know, and you kind of could see that those seeds were being planted for this like expanded universe that wasn't in association with Marvel. Um, but they seem to just focus on Venom, which was fine because I think Venom's a a character that a lot of people that like Spider Man know. He doesn't necessarily need Spider Man there to be a character. He's, you know, there's already, like we said in the cinema yesterday, there's already the yin and yang. Like, there's Eddie Brog, who is the voice of reason in those films, and then there's the symbiote, Venom, who is like, like, kill them, Eddie, you know? Yeah. Um, and that works really well. The films themselves aren't spectacular, but that character works well solo. Yeah. And he's like, such a loved character already. Yeah. Like, people... Yeah, and the films have done really good business. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, not a problem. Morbius, though, is a very strange film to begin with. Like, not to begin with, because I know there's Venom, but like to like step out as the next stepping stone yeah. in this expanded universe. A, so I, my theory, right, is I know that this has been in the works for two years, but two years ago, Marvel pretty much announced they were going to do a Blade movie. Yeah. I think that this film was made so that Sony can keep the rights to Morbius because he plays a massive part in the Blade comics. Oh, does he really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that this... Oh, excuse me. I think that this was honestly Sony... It was like the Fantastic Four. Them rushing that second reboot to keep the rights. So I think they were like... You know, at some point, Marvel were probably like, oh... This is our plan. We're gonna like we're gonna take these characters back unless you make a movie or whatever. And they were like, We're gonna do Morbius right now. That's so crazy. That is so insane. Because to get ready for this, I was like doing some read reading up on the character, like how he's introduced and like a bit of his backstory and stuff like that, just to see if his character in the comics is as terrible as the character in the movie. Um and it I think and it's like, yeah, he played a massive part in Blade, because obviously Blade hunts vampires, right? Yeah. So, he like he plays a massive part in that kind of whole series, wow. and that and instantly I was like, it's like Fantastic Four again. They don't want to lose the rights. Yeah, because this movie could have been a really good vampire movie. Yeah, you know, it could have been yeah. something. It could have been something more than what it was, and and what yeah. it was is it's just it's just your. It is, there is nothing in this movie that you have never seen. It is literally mm-hmm. the most basic plot 
the base most basic movie you have ever seen in your life. Every yeah. single plot point, every single scene is just they took it out of another movie yeah. and put their lines on it and their characters in it. It is just you know, it is a it's something that could have been made twenty years ago and still been not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean the first thing is there's no script. Like it's obvious that like none of the characters have any motivation that makes any sense yeah everything that happens in the film has no consequences and again makes no sense it's it's atrocious i mean it's it's so bad yeah as a movie i mean i know we're gonna get in like we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty and kind of talk about specific plot points and stuff but i was thinking a lot about it and they cut so many corners on this movie to like for it to make sense it might as well have been a, a circle yeah. Like because yeah. it was literally like Oh, by the way, he's made synthetic blood. Like yeah. what? And then they were like, Oh, he doesn't want his Nobel, like his Peace Prize or whatever it was that he won. And it's like, why would he not want like that's not even explained? Yeah. Like none of it is explained. Or even cared about. I mean, there's there's a scene early on where he's kind of talking about why he's got all these bats in a big tube in his it's his bat tube, bro. <laughs> <laughs> in his lab. And even like the filmmakers aren't interested in the exposition. It move the camera moves behind the tube and the sound is distorted while he's explaining what he's doing. It's like they they're like, this makes no sense, so we're yeah. gonna try and like yeah. get the view. Because even I was like, okay, I'm gonna try and listen to what they're saying. I can't remember a thing they were saying. Yeah. Because the filmmakers don't care. Yeah. It's like all you need to know is he's going to become a vampire. Yeah, and all you need to know is like he's was he is he even in the sinister 6 like I mean not necessarily. I don't They did so yeah. did they have to use, they have to use him for the sinister 6 now because they were like we have to make a more Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they were just like how many villains can we get? Cuz <laughs> so far, I mean if so so far if we're doing all the ones that have appeared in the Sonyverse because at the end of the movie the Sinister yeah, yeah. Six is pretty heavily implied. Yeah, there's Venom, there's Vulture, and there's Morbius, and there's Morbius. Who Venom and Vul- Venom and Morbius, as far as I'm aware, have no idea who Spider Man is. Right, other yeah, than yeah. like that TV news, um, and even that like post credit scene, which was so the post credit scene is Vulture coming in, Morbius is driving around for some reason, he stops. Venom fly not Venom. Vulture flies in and says, "Hey, I'm going to put together a team to take down Spider Man." And the, Morbius is like, "Cool, I'm in." Yeah. Right. A. He doesn't even know who Spider Man is. B. How did Vulture get those wings? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. I, like, I, none of it makes sense. Yeah. So they they you know when the director came out and said all this stuff you know before the movie came out um, people were people were asking those questions like where did he get the suit? Yeah. Um. And apparently the director said that he is uh, innovative or something like that. Like he's <laughs> and apparently they changed the suit a little bit so it doesn't look exactly like the suit from the MCU, I guess. But yeah, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense. No. Um I mean before that scene they show uh they show the sky breaking open like it does at the end of no way home mm-hmm. uh you know and dr strange is yeah. the multiverse thing and um 
Vulture gets sucked out of the MCU and, and put into the Sony universe. And he's just like, I hope the food's better here. Like, Yeah, he has no reason to believe he's in any other type of place. Yeah. And then there's obviously huge plot holes with that because it's like, okay, if he gets if he gets sucked through, then why doesn't everybody who knew anything about yep. Spider-Man or who Peter Parker Amen. was get sucked in too? Yeah. B, everyone who knew who Peter Parker was had their mind wiped. So yeah. why does the Vulture know exactly who mm-hmm. he is and where he is? Yeah. So, I mean, they're just doing whatever they want. I, I mean, feel- and also the problem with that, the post credit scene is that this Morbius movie was supposed to come out like two years ago yeah. before No Way Home. So they had a different post-credit scene planned. Yeah. And then when No Way Home came out, that's probably why they had to delay it because they were like, now we have to make it make sense for after yeah. this. And they just redid it. Yeah, so that scene with Michael Keane, you think, is literally like the add-on. And then yes. the scene with him with Morbius in the desert or whatever was like part uh, of the original. No. I think the scene in the desert they redid too. Yeah. Because like if you think about it, I'm pretty sure the only scene that was there before is like what's in the trailer, right? And then they didn't use any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It just. It makes. (laughs) Morbius's lines are so bad. Like when he's like, hey, uh, thanks for meeting me. Um, uh, Morbius is like. I don't even remember what he yeah, says. Like, he's like, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> he's exactly, like a surfer yeah. dude. And, and he's like, like, I'm putting together a team to hunt down Spider-Man. He's like, he's like, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. <he's, laughs> it's like so dumb. Yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, um, there's, but literally that's the only reason for this movie. It's like the, those last two minutes. Yeah. Those last two minutes. And, it's just such a it's just so I don't know, it's like I, I feel like there's this thing with uh like brand loyalty or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Um where like, you know, Disney plus you've got a you got a certain expectation, like you know what you're gonna get when yeah. you when you open Disney Plus and go watch a Marvel show yeah. or a Star Wars show. Um, you know that there's like been care put into it, and they're trying to do like fan service, but they're also trying to really exceed your expectation. Yeah. Whereas like Sony has the rights to this stuff, and they don't understand any of that they they're just literally trying to get the most it's a cash cow for them yeah they're literally just trying to get the most money they can out of the fact that they have the rights to these characters yeah and it's like how long is that gonna last for them like how long is that how long am i as a spider-man fan going to like keep paying to go see these things yeah exactly if you're just going to like trash the thing that I love. Yeah. You know? And this is this is what I was thinking walking out of it. I mean, because we had speculated that, you know, this is the Sony universe might be the Toby universe or it might be the Andrew Garfield universe. It might be one of these. I mean, probably more likely Andrew Garfield because of Venom and all that kind of stuff. But I would, I don't think it's it's not worthy of anyone right now. Exactly. Like, I would That's not the problem. want to step in and be like, okay, I'll be the Spider-Man. Yeah, because universe, I would because feel... It's, 
hunking pile of garbage. Yeah. Like, there's nothing there to like of any merit. Because it is amazing what Kevin Feige has been able to do. Oh, because yeah. if before before No Way Home came out, nobody would have said, I, I, I wish they would have done an Amazing Spider-Man 3 with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Nobody would have said that. There yeah. was no... There was really no love for Andrew Garfield's no. Spider-Man at all. Um, only like people making fun of it. Yeah. After No Way Home comes out, yeah. there's so much love for Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, wanting to see him come back. Like Kevin Fahey did that. Yeah. <laughs> and now Sony has this great opportunity to turn this whole Venom Morbius universe into the Andrew Garfield universe and yeah. just make it all the same. But like you said, it's like, if they do that, man, I feel so bad for Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Like they're going to mess it up so yeah. badly. Exactly. It's just going to be another terrible, terrible film. And I feel like at this point, they, they got to the, like they ended No Way Home and they were like, crap. Like we kept the Vulture alive for no reason. Let's ship him to Sony. Yeah, like we have no use for him now. If he was in this universe, he wouldn't know who Peter Parker was. Like he's just a guy in jail. Like he probably doesn't yeah. know he's the Vulture because he's forgotten. It. Whatever. So let's ship him to Sony. That's fine, <laughs> right? Literally. But now Michael Keaton is like stuck in it too, and I'm sure yeah. his contract, like he's got yeah, a contract sure. to make at least one more film. He probably has no idea what's going on. Yeah, but. He's also going to be in another multiverse movie later this year as Batman. Yeah, exactly. So I I just, they're just killing it. I mean, hopefully, man, I just, I really hope, I mean, Kevin Feige consults usually on all these Spider-Man movies and hopefully maybe they work something out where he, he can help them make this Sinister Six movie, which might be, the Amazing Spider-Man three, possibly, uh, but yeah, they're trying to. They're gonna try to do their own No Way Home. That's what they're gonna try to do. Well, yeah, I mean, they've announced Madam Web. Yes, and she is. I think she's gonna be the Doctor Strange of the Sony verse. That's she's exactly what I was thinking. Pull everything, like all that multiverse stuff, together. Yeah, and be the kind of linchpin for like the connector between the two. Yeah, because she's she's like this yeah ethereal, multi dimensional yeah. person that and she knows all the different uh, variants of Peter Parker and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah, she's going to be the person that that yeah. kind of connects it all. Which on paper sounds good, like cool. Let's like that's a good way to go if that's how we're going to combine everything. Like. It makes sense canonically with the comics. Yeah. Awesome. But I have no faith in Sony that they can pull it off because we talked, I mean. Yeah, again, what's a Madam Web movie going to look like? Now, yeah. if a Madam Web movie looks like Doctor Strange, I'm all in. Yeah. Like, do something original, do something cool, do something but it's fun. Not, no, it's not going to be that. But if it's going to be like, here's your superhero plot again, here's yeah. your origin story plot again, it's going to be like, because uh, it's going to be horrible. Yeah, even Morbius, they had no idea what they were doing with the character, right? Like, he is a vampire. He sucks blood from people. Um, they were like, you can just, I can just see it in my head, like this big executive meeting, 
Like, we can't have our title character killing people and sucking their blood. Okay, he's, I don't know, created synthetic blood. Sounds good, write that in the script. And then, oh, but maybe that synthetic blood's running out. Sounds good, write it in the script. Yeah. But how are we going to end that at the end of the movie? I don't know, we're not going to mention it again. It's just going to be a plot device to get him to keep moving forward. Because at the end of the movie, he hasn't got a different supply. It's like, either make him a anti-hero or do something different. Make Morbius the villain and have some, like, focus on the doctor that's trying to help him, but, like, he can't help sucking the blood and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know what I really expected going into this movie. I was like, I didn't even think about there being a villain in this movie. No. Because until Morbius, the, yeah. Until the villain, because Morbius was supposed to be the villain. And then when yeah. the villain showed up, I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, he, he's gonna they're be literally him. just trying to give him a bad guy. And of course, like, the bad guy is the same version of him. Like, he does the same thing to yeah. himself. But even. Kind of like in the Venom movie. Yeah. And then, and then even the CGI stuff was like the style of CGI, the way that they did the fighting, they tried to do it just like Venom. They didn't try to do something new where it's like, yeah. look at these new powers or anything. It's just slow motion punching with like this long, wispy stream, stream yeah. of CGI coming out of them. I hated that. It was like, why are you trying to make them look like yeah. symbiotes or whatever that yeah. they did in Venom? Uh, yeah, it was just it was not not good. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason to see this movie except for the end credit scenes, which I'm sure you can find on YouTube now. So Yeah. Um there's still more about this film that I want to pick apart because it really made me angry. I mean, when we were sitting <laughs> in the cinema, there's a few times where and I and I tend to do this without even thinking, if something happens that I'm like, where has that come from? I'll like look around me dramatically. As if to say, like, someone is just throwing ideas at the screen. Yeah. Just to see what sticks. Yeah. Um, and I know I've said this many times, but none of it made sense. This villain's, like, purpose at one point was, like, he needs to realize who he is. And I was like, cool. Yeah, he probably does. Like, that's what we need to get to. Doesn't mention it. Yeah. Again, it's not, like, a plot point. By the by the time that the, the villain, in inverted commas, is, like, killed... I was I was like, oh, it's over. Like it's built to nothing. Like there's no there was no progression at all. Yeah. And I feel like there were like there was hints of something there. Like um I read today that the boat that they're on is called the Murnau, who directed Nosferatu. Oh, like a wow. nod to it. And I was like, you had the chance on the boat to make it really creepy and like claustrophobic. Like if you think of Nosferatu and went to see it. That scene on the boat is super creepy. Yeah, like the do something slow, something subtle, something yeah. very interesting. Yeah. But instead, they look through the window. He's off the chair, and they go in with their guns like ready to fire. Like they don't know what's happened. Yeah, like these characters have no idea that he just he was like having to lie down, and he's off the chair. He could have just fallen off, but they go in like none of it makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, when they go into the the subway. It reminded me of American Werewolf in London. And I was like, this would be cool if they were like, if he was like going after people. Like, and it was like all claustrophobic. No, none of that happens again. He yeah. just swims in front of the train. There was so many, like, it was like softballs were being like pitched and they were just missing him. Yeah. Every yeah. time. 
it yeah no exposition no care with any of these characters yeah um no, I will it say, was like it's kind of crazy because it's like you could take that script yeah and be like okay now how do we make this really good yeah it, but I they mean, didn't they were hard. like nah let's just make it <laughs> i feel like it's not hard yeah i mean all you've got to do is like we said is have him like trying not to be the vampire but like having it take over him and have yeah. like the doctor that was like the love interest for a while be the person that's like trying to save him and like do all this research you know whatever that is it yeah get rid of the best friend milo crap that yeah exactly sense. didn't need to be in there yeah make it a tragic story like yeah. make you make it make him evil yeah. but make it tragic yeah, and then when you bring him in to fight Spider Man, you have some sympathy for him. Yeah, exactly, because he had this tragic story. Yeah, you know, you know, like they did with, amazingly, Electro, like yeah. Spider Man Two. Everyone was like, "Kill that character! Don't want to see him." You see him in No Way Home, and again, you're like, "They did it!" Like I want to see more of Jamie Fox as Electro. Yeah, whereas this, I'm like, "No more Morbius, please." Like, not yeah. at all. But I will give it to the Sony um, casting team. Like, I don't like Jared Leto, but the names that they're pulling in for these films are insane. Venom, Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Riz Ahmed is the villain. Venom 2, like, I'm a big fan of Stephen Graham. He's in it, you know. Um, Tom Hardy again, Michelle Williams again. Yeah. And, um, oh, God, what's his name? He played Carnage. I can't... Um. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, exactly. This one, I mean, Jared Leto is a big name as much as I don't like him as an actor. Like, he's... He's good Morbius. Yeah. I mean, in he, the face. He plays the undead <laughs> very well, um, which is not a compliment. Um, <laughs> you know, and then... Um, and then what's-her-name is playing uh, Madam Web. Uh, yeah, Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, and they've hired someone from Euphoria... Which is, I mean, which is great. Who I think could potentially be, be a black cat, yeah. If that's the way they're going to go, um, I mean, the casting's right, but they need. They're doing. They're they're doing the most basic, yeah, paint by numbers superhero script that they can find, yeah. and just like, oh yeah, just do it, and people will go see it. I mean, Spider Man One, Sam Raimi's origin story for Spider Man was was less pain by numbers than this yeah as the f like the first big screen spider-man origin story we've seen yeah was like it didn't hit as many tropes as this i mean every yeah scene is like you've seen it before yeah There's nothing new in this movie no at all and like i know that we like we've said that we don't really like jerry letter so much but he is terrible terrible no emotion don't believe the character. Yeah. He's sleepwalking through this. Yeah. Like there's just it's a it's it's a real like I'm and I know that the critics have been really bad. Um I know that probably it's gonna do pretty well this week at the box office, I think, because a lot of people are gonna be, you know, oh Spider Man, they're gonna see the trailer and be like, Cool, I'm gonna go and see more of it. Yeah. Um I, I really hope that it doesn't do good business so they hope like reassess what they're doing. Because they can't just keep peddling this crap and expect the Spider-Man name to carry them through. Exactly, it needs and that's to be, the problem. Like yeah. that's that's the thing that I was saying. It's like uh, 
you know, how, how long can this last? How long can this deceitful hook to get people mm. to come to the theater to watch it and then not show them anything that you promised yeah. uh, last? Yeah. Exactly. I've, I've seen so many reviews where people are like, Morbius, more BS. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, I mean, like, it's right. Yeah, there's just... I mean... And again, aesthetically... It doesn't make sense. The opening credits are like neon pink and purple. And then the film is very like dark and black. Yeah. And people know what a vampire movie is. Yeah. Like lean into some of the, like if you're going to be tropey about it. Yeah. Like lean into the, some of the stuff you were yeah. talking about. Like do some Nosferatu stuff. Do some Dracula stuff. Well, like, like instead said, yeah. they, they had the one line where he's like, I wasn't going to go all Dracula on you back there. <laughs> yeah. like, and the bit with the apple in the sunlight and he's like i'm not that kind of vampire yeah <laughs> well we don't know you haven't told us like there's been nothing in this film that has told us what kind of vampire you are and and yes we're i'm i'm laughing about the line these some of these lines yeah. but it's not like bad funny like the room no it's like it's not it's not good bad it's I just said, bad bad i said to you i had two beers pretty quickly when it started like you know yeah. down one order another down that and my enjoyment of the film peaked when I finished that second one. And then as I started to like not really sober up, but as like the high of the alcohol wore off, it like wore me down in my seat. Like yeah. by the end, I was just like, get me out. Like st- like I was laughing at a few lines, probably unintentionally, like earlier on, and kind of like not having a good time with it, but at least, you know, making the most of a bad situation. Um, but it just it's just dross. It's just yeah mindless crap i mean like we said so much stuff in this film doesn't make sense there's two instances that just stick out to me massive the first is he's in the hospital the police come and question him um again police that are just useless at the job the one guy's like hey ever been on a boat like super obvious and the next question is have you ever done that on a boat (laughs) <laughs> which made me laugh and i think i was the only person laughing at that point because i was like is this not supposed to be a joke like i feel like yeah. it's supposed to be a joke i mean the movie also came out on april 1st yeah i mean it got us <laughs> um but after that scene he literally flies up the staircase to the top of the building walks around the corner and gets stopped by the policeman who was at the bottom of the stairs watching him fly up the stairs yeah i was like how yeah. the hell yeah D- yeah. Did he get up there? <laughs> he didn't, right? The second one is his girlfriend person is running away from the police, gets on a random bus, who's sitting behind her. It's Morbius, who just happened to be on the same bus. It's rubbish. It's so yeah. terrible. Yeah. It's so terrible. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like it's not even like, come round, I've got a terrible film to show you terrible it's not sharknado or whatever yeah it is. exactly it's it's somebody trying to pass off the same stuff we've seen a million times as original yeah and i'm getting like and i'm so done i can't do it anymore yeah it's very bizarre man it is yeah. very bizarre because it's like i'm sure this has happened in film history with other genres because like you think yeah. about the things that have been done done until they could not be done anymore yeah like the musical yeah the western the western yeah mm-hmm. like you know the um the noir yeah the gangster yeah. film uh and it's like sony is like this is hot 
this is what's hot and we own we yeah. own this stuff we own yeah. the spider-man stuff we just have to make one and we'll make the money yeah and it's like no kid i maybe maybe i don't know but i don't think any kid is gonna no is going to grow up loving this movie no I mean, just because it's a superhero film doesn't mean it has to be a superhero film. Exactly. Like yeah. you, like we said, you could have done something really interesting with this character, given him an actual. I mean, that's the internal thing that's battle. keeping superhero film. I mean, they have been overdone. They're yeah. already in that. We're already in that era where yeah. they've been overdone. Obviously, like they've been. It's been going yeah. on for a while now. But the thing that's keeping them alive is pushing the genre. It is movies like Logan. Yeah, it's movies like, you know, Endgame where they kill mm-hmm. off characters. It, yeah. It's it's like end. It's like the the era of like, okay, how do we tell the third act of the superhero film? Because in all the other superhero films, it's like you have your origin story, and then you have your sequel, and then you have your other sequel. Yeah. But now it's like in the era of okay, how do we end these characters? How do we start yeah. new ones and and do things that we've never done before? And Sony's just like. What? <laughs> I have no clue what's going on. They have put no thought into any of this at all. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like it's literally like they have they're like three grades below Marvel in school. They're copying their homework yeah. with a crayon. Like it's just <laughs> But the thing with Marvel is like they are like they're giving us effectively a soap opera. Yeah. Like we've got to know these characters. And now, you know, especially with the TV, you look at the Wonder Vision, which was phenomenal. Loki, it's more like there's big batshit crazy things going on, but it's more about the character. It's yeah, more about exactly. those internal struggles, and that's what you're there for. Whereas this is like, hey, you can fly through New York. Yeah, and it's like I don't care. Like, yeah, exactly. I really could not it's, care less. It's like I I remember hearing Kevin Feige talk about those early, you know, MCU films and yeah. being like, we're you know we're we're hopeful about what we're going to do in the future but we're not going to think about that right now right yeah. now we're going to make a really good movie yeah we're going to make this one movie we're going to make it really good and then if it does well now yeah. we'll focus on the next movie we'll make that one really good mm-hmm. whereas sony's just like make the movie make the movie well, it's the same <laughs> like, as dc like, yeah i mean they're yeah. focusing on the endpoint and not the journey yeah Yeah. this is we said the same thing about star wars when the new films came out like if they had sat down before they'd even started doing seven and said okay this is where we're going to end this trilogy this is like not necessarily write everything in yeah like write the whole thing but be like okay this is the point we want to get to this is how it's going to end this is how it's going to begin you know the middle bit we can kind of figure out none of that happened no um, and it's the same here. I just feel like they're like, we've just got to keep like moving forward. Like yeah. Sinister Six. We, we can't lose these contracts. Yeah. yeah. By no means. Exactly. Don't I mean, lose these contracts. Because I was reading that Morbius is like, he was voted as the 11th like fan favorite Spider-Man villain. Like in a poll with Marvel or whatever, like from the comics and stuff. And I can just imagine them looking at the list being like, okay, Marvel did it, Marvel did it, we've done it, we've done it, we've done it, Marvel did it. Oh, Morbius, we haven't touched that one yet, let's do yeah. that. You know, and it's it's just, it's it's terrible. It's sad, it's deceitful, yeah. I feel, you know, I feel deceived yeah. as a Spider-Man fan. I yeah. feel 
um, but not even I like, feel taken advantage of. Yeah, because I was like I said, I was reading about Morbius today, and the character sounds super interesting. Yeah, like that, and it's just like from the comics, nobody's yeah. even going to care. He's just going to become the butt of a joke now. Yeah. So, man, maybe one day, maybe one day Kevin Feige will get these characters back. Yeah, just but, imagine though, like. If they'd done it with Blade and they'd gone a bit more dark, and this Morbius character was like, was like sucking people's blood, but also not wanting to do it, yeah. and that was the emotional for Blade of being like, "I've got to, like, I've got to stop him, but I don't want it." Like, is you know, it's not his or fault. He's like only killing bad people. Yeah, like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you think of Spider Man, and you know, I don't know the point when that's my problem. Yeah, or whatever, you know, you could. I don't know. It's so easy to sit back and be like, this is how they should make a film. And I understand that's what we've been doing for the last 40 minutes. But like, these are people that are paid a lot of money to write scripts. And it doesn't even pass the first test. It's not yeah. even like remotely imaginative. Yeah. Not one bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What a load of crap. Yeah. So, Okay. And the in the Sony, yeah, verse, mm-hmm. which is what they're calling it right now. So far, uh, there is Venom, yeah, and then there's Venom. Let there be carnage. There is, and then there's Morbius. Yes. Where does this rank? I mean, I was not a fan of Venom. Let there be carnage. I um, wasn't either. This is dead bottom with a cinder block tied to its feet. Yeah, like this is you know being thrown into the ocean. I would. I don't think you could pay me to watch this film again. I, I, like, I can't see a point. I mean, Venom Like the Carnage, I didn't enjoy it, but I like, like I said, I like Stephen Graham. I like Tom Hardy. I think the Woody character. Harrelson. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. I was disappointed in, in Let There Be Carnage mainly because, for one thing, people have been waiting to see Carnage yeah. for a long time. And then they kill him off at the end. Yeah. It's like, why did you guys do that? That yeah. was really stupid. And also because it was directed by Andy Serkis. And oh, yeah, I found I that, that really yeah. interesting. I was like, okay, Andy Serkis, the master of understanding like the multiple personality yeah. uh, CGI character because he played Gollum in Lord mm. of the Rings directing this film maybe he'll take it to a like a really interesting place and it was just like oh no here's just another yeah. here's a sequel you know yeah and it was it was it was fine yeah. you know but it wasn't like good it wasn't exactly. like let's yeah. let's do something really cool yeah. and interesting and bob richardson shot it like yeah. the guy who shot once upon a time in hollywood yeah. like that's that's the director of photography it was like oh they're doing something they're taking it to another level yeah. and it's like now nah, here's a sequel yeah and i feel like i mean if you think about the mcu right the one thing that it doesn't have going for it is the family friendly aspect. And I love that everybody, like everybody goes to see Marvel, but if they released a Marvel film that was a 15 or a R rated, yeah, it would, fans would be really angry. Yeah. Whereas Sony, you know, they had the chance with Venom, he's very dark and it was a, like, there was swear words and like, the, you know, a little bit more adult themed. Um, same with like the big carnage, like carnage is awful. You know, he's a horrible person yeah. throughout, which is fine. Like, with this, just go, like, go more towards 
the R-rated stuff, like go yeah. dark, go, you know, it doesn't have to be um, a Spider-Man-sized success to earn money. It just has to appeal enough to like, you know, to make enough money kind of thing. Yeah, because uh, when you think about it, the people that are going to go see Morbius are probably the people that are older. Yeah. And yeah, if you make something that is, I mean, this movie would have been, had have gotten so much hype if they had just downplayed it and done a rated R yeah. dark movie. Yeah, where it's actually terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then people would have been like, oh my God, you have to go see this. It's yeah. connected to Spider-Man. There's no Spider-Man stuff in it, but it doesn't matter because it's badass and maybe yeah. Spider-Man will show up eventually or he'll show up in a Spider-Man yeah. movie and actually be terrifying. Yeah. There was, it was just, yeah, it just feels like there was no thought yeah. put no. into this at all. Um, so how does it rank next to House of Gucci? <laughs> I mean, I did say to you that when we were left, I was like, at least his performance was better than House of Gucci. Yeah. Because he didn't put on an accent and he, for the most part, was just standing still, which is great. But House of Gucci has Adam Driver and I mean, House, Pacino, of Gucci, House of Gucci, I would watch Gaga. again yeah. and just like roll my eyes through the Jared Leto bit and put my fingers in my ears. Um, this I wouldn't even like. Yeah, like it's so terrible. Um, but the good thing is, I think that the more, you know, House of Gucci. I know that he got like nominated for something for best supporting actor, but I feel like this is like another, excuse the pun, nail in his coffin. Like yeah. he's starting to be found out mm. from audiences. Yeah, because this the score. The I mean, the critic score is terrible. Yeah. The IMDb score is awful. Yeah. Like, I haven't looked at Rotten Tomatoes today, but I'm sure it's going to be through the floor. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody liking this film. Yeah. I read a couple of good reviews. For um, Morbius? Yeah. Um, Jesus. Here's uh, on Letterboxd, Morbius, five stars from Dickie Dastard. Morbius, Dorbius, Orbius, eat some wal- walruses, orifices, porridges. <laughs> Morbius, Morbius. <laughs> sounds like the kind of coherent review you get. <laughs> it goes on if you want to read it on, uh, on Letterboxd from Dickie Dastard. But let's see. Here's another one. Five stars from Danny on Letterboxd masterpiece in every aspect it's going to change cinema as we know it i'm going to leave you with a quote from the film i i simply want you to ponder it for a moment i am venom michael morbius (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean i was like desperately trying to find someone who liked this movie on letterboxd and all the five stars were all jokes um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm reading one from Official Carson on Letterboxd that says, Wow, heartfelt, funny, beautiful, sad. Morb- Morbius has it all. Ever since I was a young child, I dreamed of the Marvel legend, Michael Morbius, to make his debut on the big screen. I'd run into the kitchen screaming, Father, Father, have they announced a film about Dr. Michael Morbius yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, what kid is going to like this? Movie? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, that is the only reason that I can think. Like I said earlier, that they were trying to just keep the IP. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no, yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody was calling for this. I think there was a time when I was even surprised that it was linked to Spider-Man as a Spider-Man fan that had seen Morbius in the comics. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's that Morbius. Yeah. You know, which shouldn't be your reaction. You should be like, of course. Yeah. Oh, boy. Man. Yeah. What a film. Yeah. Um, if you if if we forgot to mention something, uh, hit us up on social media. And, yeah, please and do. Send yeah. us a message, and and we'll if you want to discuss this movie further, we will discuss it. We're not afraid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I would happily talk to someone all day about this movie and how <laughs> awful it is. You can find us on all the social media at Film Church Radio, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'm on Letterboxd at Selman Scope, and Lewis is at. Walker Lewis three zero zero seven right that's right yeah um yeah and um we'd love to discuss this movie further do you want to tell us what we're gonna do next week Brandon do I it's, yeah it's pretty <laughs> cool do you is this what we're gonna do we're gonna do it yeah do you want to do it do we want to do it do you want to do it <laughs> I think so yeah we've been teasing uh doing this. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. This thing that we haven't said yet. Um, basically, I can't remember how it came about. I was so, just like. Yeah. I think for me, like, especially when this idea was kind of raised by you, like, because it was kind of your idea, but I was, you know, it made a lot of sense because when we're going back and we're watching the films that we picked, it was really hard to not go down a rabbit hole with these films and pick something a bit unrelated to watch the next week. Yeah. You know, because we were talk- especially, I think, about being there. And all I wanted to do was watch Hal Ashby films. But I was like, oh, I should really pick something else so we don't become like a niche podcast, you know, try something different. But what we're going to do um, for the next few weeks is we're going to actually focus in on a certain director and watch their films chronologically um, one a week. And like discuss the the evolution of a filmmaker, um, and it's a filmmaker that I've seen zero out of the seven films that he yeah, directed. Yeah, that's what intrigued me so much because I asked you, "Hey, have you ever seen any of this guy's films?" And yeah. you were like, "No," and I was like, "Really? Wow!" Yeah, I was like, let's watch all of them. Yeah, and there's only seven. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to watch every single film directed by. Sergio Leone, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, announced um, here first. First up, we have Colossus of Rhodes. That well-known Sergio <laughs> Leone film. From 1961. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've never seen this one, so I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be good. I've bought his biography. I'm, I'm going to mm. try to read up to you know where we get, where we're at in each episode so yeah. you know have some context going in yeah exactly um, but yeah i think it's going to be just a really interesting way to explore a filmmaker you know i i did it when i first bit of a tangent when i first moved to the us um i got really into fritz lang's american films and mm-hmm. i watched them all chronologically and it really made me like appreciate him a lot more especially as American like studio films. So I cannot wait to not only watch some of the best 
Westerns ever made. Um, but do it in context of a career. Yeah, knowing what else he's yeah. made. And see that evolution and kind of understand a filmmaker a little bit more. Yeah. I am buzzed. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. For those of you who don't know Sergio Leone, he's most famous for directing The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. Um, he also did Once Upon a Time in the West, Once Upon a Time in America. Um, very influential, highly influential director. Mm-hmm. And... uh his composer who did most of his films, uh, Ennio Morricone, also incredibly yeah. famous and and influential to composers, you know, wrote some of the most iconic scores ever. Um yeah, I'm I'm excited because yeah. you've never seen any of any of the movies and yeah. um yeah. I'm I'm excited to kind of you know, and for any listeners out there, we always say that to watch along with us, like our recommendations that we pick each week, you know, we we want everyone to kind of watch along with us. Um, but I'm excited for others to kind of go through this journey with us as well to see these, hopefully watch the films along with us or, you know, at least ones they might not have seen. And, yeah. You know, kind of get a better understanding about one of the greatest filmmakers or the most influential filmmakers of um, the last 60 years. Yeah. You know. So, um, it was a great idea. I'm really excited to do it. Me too. I'm super excited. We just had to put it on hold for Morbius. Yeah. We're just like, <laughs> we, we we need to talk about Morbius. We have first. to talk about this now. Yeah, just Must like any discuss. vampire, we need to get, you know, have it cleansed out of us. I feel like I, I need an exorcism to get the memory of Morbius out of my mind. I gave it half a star. I hated it. Yeah. I gave it two. I hated it. <laughs> um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us berate a film for 40 minutes. I know it can be yeah. a little bit off-putting if we didn't like a film, you know. But hopefully there's enough nuggets in there about the extended Sony-verse of Spider-Man um, to keep you all entertained. Yeah, and I know there's people out there that are you know, Spider-Man fans that yeah. just wanted to know what we thought about it. And now, you know, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that that's all we got. Yeah. I'll leave you with this, uh, comment on Reddit from, uh, Dice, the Alcano. Uh, someone said it before, but if it, if, this is true. The Spider-Man Sonyverse truly is the anti-DCEU. It just won't die, even if everything says it should. Yeah, they seem to have at least a few films lined up, so God help us all. <laughs> Yay, Spider-Man. <laughs> Yay, Spider-Man adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, y'all. Well, have a good week, and we will see you next sunday that's right amen amen say your film church prayers (laughs) bye y'all bye